0: Welcome to Musicians Versus the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith. Today we are talking about the production side of music, specifically about engineering, mixing, and producing, and how all of these things are critical to conveying the emotion of recorded music. My guest today is Vago Galindo, Latin Grammy and Grammy Award-winning producer, mixer, and engineer. Vago graduated from Berklee College of Music and is currently based in Los Angeles. He has worked with an impressive list of artists, such as Juanes, Whiplash, Valet, Elvis Costello, among many others. Besides his work in the music industry, Vago has also worked in the film industry as an engineer for movie soundtracks, including La La Land, The Girl in the Spider's Web, and Beauty and the Beast. He has also worked as voiceover engineer for TV shows like Pokemon, Baby Shark, Rick and Morty, and many more. Vago is also the recording and mixing engineer for the Recording Academy's web series, Reimagined, and Press Play. So, Vago, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to Musicians Versus the World.
1: Hello, hello. That's uh, I love that intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's such, such an impressive intro. You've had such a diverse, amazing career. And now you started as a recording engineer, correct, and then turned into a mixer, and now you're producing... Um, Can you explain to me a little bit about the differences between those different roles in the recording industry?
1: Right, of course. So a recording engineer, uh, it's basically the person that's physically in the studio capturing the the sounds that are coming from an instrument or a vocal. Uh, Nowadays, it's mostly vocals because a lot of things are done in the computer. It it could be an orchestra or, or simply a small guitar. A uh, mixing engineer is when everything is recorded and, and produced, you kind of try to make the, uh, the emotion that the artist or the producer was getting at, at the point where they were creating the music, you're trying to convey that emotion to everyone else. It's kind of like translating technical aspects into emotions. And producing nowadays, it's, a, it's an interesting word, uh, but I would say is kind of like the person that decides the direction of a song or an album or, or, or a project um, but also nowadays is a person that's more hands-on on a song. So like either getting the musicians or the correct musicians to play on a song or playing the instruments themselves or creating VSTs, or sampling stuff from other artists or, you know, uh, playing instruments from your laptop. So it creates paths and interesting effects. And a lot of it is also capturing the emotion from, from the artist. I think that's also a very important aspect of producing. I ended up being a producer because it's it's kind of like you do all of it in, in a song. So it, to me, it just seemed like a kind of like an organic step to, to because I started recording. It's like, oh, but I want to do more. It's like mixing. And it's like, oh, but I really want to do more than that. It's like, okay, producing. So it, it kind of seemed like a very organized and organic um, development for for me to do all, all of those things together?
0: It seems like as you go up to each step, there's more room for creativity. Is, am I understanding that right?
1: Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's all a. You know, it's all a conversation. I feel like as the producer, you get to choose the main creative direction. But you know, sometimes you work with different engineers or different people, and it goes the other way. And it's sometimes that's exactly what you need it, and sometimes that's exactly what you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so you're working very closely with the artist. The artist comes to you and you're, you keep talking about um, conveying their emotion. As a producer, how do you do that? How do you find what emotion they're going for and then bring that out of them?
1: I don't think there's a straight answer for that, but it's always trying to, to really understand what, how the artist is feeling on, on the day that you're working on music. You know, sometimes it could be something about like, you know, I got heartbroken or sometimes it's like, I just want to have fun today. So let's see what comes up and like, we'll develop the story as we go. And and that's the great thing about music and emotions and, is that you just don't ever know what's going to happen. Right. So it's, it's also the fun part because it's like trying to figure out like I have started songs where I think like, oh, this is like a summer banger. And then as much as we're working on it. It's like, oh, wow, this is actually like a very sad song. Like it turns out that, that the lyrics are profound and sentimental. And it's a song can really like go different ways, but it's enjoying the journey of making music, I think. And, and understanding what the artist wants. Like it's, it's really important. I feel like that to me, is like always the, the main thing.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah and there's sense. a great quote that you said. It does make sense. Absolutely. There's a great, great quote that you said in, in another interview. You said, embrace the chaos, breathe. Choose what you like about it, and then repeat. Is that your creative <laughs> process in all of this? I love it, by the way. I think I'm going to live by that mantra now. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: it's amazing. Um, uh, I kind of forgot about that, but I I really live by that, and I really do that all the time because it's like the, the beginning of making music or, or or for any song or album. It's like nobody knows what's going to happen. You you maybe can have a, an idea of where it's going to go, but 99 of the time, it's not going to end up how you imagine it. In your head initially until it's out in the world. So at the beginning I feel like there shouldn't be any judgments how it should be. So it really it's like it's chaos. Like even if you see my I work on Pro Tools, So if you see my Pro Tools session, it's it's chaos. Like nothing's labeled, the colors <laughs> are, are are all wrong. I have like when I'm mixing, I have a very specific like color coding system and like drums are on top and bass, right. then drums, percussion, bass, guitars, like it's super organized. But while we're making music, it's like it's all over the place. I'll have like tracks that it's like it's a kick drum, but then the kick drum turns into like a a guitar because we were like, oh, we need to go fast and I don't want to stop. So it's like it's it's chaos. And then, you know, after that, you <laughs> you take a deep breath, you look at it a little bit more like analytical. and It's like, oh, OK, I really I really like this or this is not as cool as I thought it would be. <laughs> And then you <laughs> repeat the same process. Like, it's so cool. I get so excited. Even when things are, th- doesn't go the way you think they're going to go. It's so exciting to, to see how, like I have, I have started songs, let's say for like from drums. And then two days later, like those drums have completely disappeared from the song, but it developed into something else that wouldn't have had come if I didn't have those drums first. So it's just like... right. Um, It's really chaos.
0: (laughs) But I I can see how you're talking about embracing that chaos and you just kind of follow where the music is taking you and then later come back and organize it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then everything's labeled. Everything's like, okay, this is here. Like it's really it's really like wearing different hats um, with the same computer. It's,
0: It's different levels of organization for different times in the creative process
1: yeah yeah even like with names because with names on mixing i'm like okay this is like kick one which kick two like they actually mean different things for me now when i'm producing it's all called like audio track one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve you know it it has no names but also i think that's now that that i'm saying that out loud kind of cool because i really don't get any judgment, even from the from the tracks from even the name it's like Maybe this started as a kick drum and it turns into a snare or a melody because maybe the kick drum creates a frequency that I love and I then I sample the frequency and then I turn it into a synth and then that kick drum is no longer a kick drum; it's a melody for the song. Wow! Yeah, that's incredible. It's very chaotic.
0: (laughs) That's 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 (laughs) like that's amazing and so creative. I never would think of turning a kick drum into a melody by going through all the steps. That's incredible. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's chaos.
0: As you're explaining this, I can see how the mix itself and the recording and all of the post-production can really create emotion. So it's not just the singer, not just the instrumentals, it's how you put them together. And as I was listening to different uh, artists that you've worked with, for example, Valet, their voices, their vocals are right up front and center and they're so close and it almost sounds like they're whispering in their in your ear as they're singing to you. Whereas Whiplash, the singer, sounds like they're on stage and they're like back sitting really well mixed into their band. So it's, I kind of feel like I'm at a live show with them. and And it's those little details, I think, that make a huge difference in the emotion of the song. And I really admire the way that you mix all of these different artists so differently. Are you the one that makes those decisions or is that something they come and listen? They're like, oh no, I want this a little bit closer or farther away.
1: Um, I I usually make those decisions. For example, Val Val is a great example because the first day that we actually met in person was the first day that we were in the studio making an album. First album I did with them, which is called Linea Recta, I was co-producing the album with Sebastian Chris. He's kind of like my mentor. And, you know, he's like a very prolific audio engineer producer. He's won like 20 Grammys or something like that. Uh And with Juanes, which, and I grew up listening to Juanes. So I was like, what am I doing here? You know? Um, <laughs> uh, but, but for example, <laughs> it was just so obvious for me. And we've done, this is just how we do it. But it's like, they're twins. They're great singers. They've been singing together the whole time. We got to record them at the same time. Like, it's just, it's it's very obvious for me, um, but but like Sebastian and Juanes was like no because technically you know it's like there's gonna be leakage, uh, it's gonna be and I'm like but that's the magic like that's we can't we can't mess that up like that's no like it's they're gonna to record together. The, I think that was the first time they were at a at a studio in in Miami. So it was like and this is like a technical thing, right? So how are we gonna record mm-hmm. them? Are they gonna be in the same room? Are they going to use the same mic or different mics? Like, are they going to look at each other? Are they not going to look at each other? Like, and, and the way they sing most of the time is they actually take off their headphones so they can physically in the space listen to each other because that's just how they've been singing right. their whole life, you know? Uh, then there's that then you know there's like whiplash who they're they're a rock band you know there's 18 to like 20 year old kids they have you know that's like a rock and roll kind of environment <laughs> where, where it's like you try to you try to get that like okay we gotta make an album but also kind of have to capture the you know not, not child like i guess the, the immaturity you know the the a young adult yes. um uh, so you you try to get that like emotion so it has to be like you have to create the environment for that, so right. so it has to be kind of like informal. Has to be very like you know everyone's kind of like having a good time or playing games or you know bothering each other because they're like brothers by now. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So it's really like trying to to get that. Yeah, and then I mean their songs were for where you have to uh, with with Vali, for example. There was one song where they couldn't sing because it was so emotional for them, and oh. it's like okay, like let's create a an appropriate environment for you guys to be able to, because it's also okay. That's the emotion. So how do we translate that feeling that you're feeling right now? Because you wrote the song and it's hitting you hard. How how do we make that translate for for everyone else? And funny enough, I was showing that song to somebody else like two days ago, and she's like, "Thank you for making me cry at midnight." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> it's like cool. That's the." <laughs> I mean, it was like, that's so cute. And that's like, that's literally what we were envisioning. So, yay, mission accomplished.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As well as music and making people cry at midnight, which is so wonderful. Um, You also work on films. You worked on La La Land and you worked on lots of musicals. And I can imagine that that is its own challenge in itself, because now you've got a lot of people that you're talking to, not just the artists. You've got directors, producers. Yeah. How is that different?
1: It's very different and also kind of similar. I also worked on a musical that uh, actually it is the first Latin American musical. It's the first musical that's in Spanish, like completely in Spanish, uh, Mm -hmm. made on on a film called La Usurpadora. That one is a remake from an old telenovela. That one was interesting. I had to fly to Mexico City and stay there for like six months to work on just recording the vocals. And that one that one was like, okay, we need to get the songs finished before we even start production because they need to sing through the songs and they need to like set the stage for right. the song and because Sebastian Chris was a producer. I actually started as a recording engineer on that project. I ended up being a co-producer because I just got so involved. <laughs> <on> the, <laughs> on the project. Uh, but it's things like, you know, like you're recording the vocals and they're like, well, the set designers Right here in the other room, can we just talk to the set designer and we'll kind of get in the mood and figure out what's going to happen? And there was there was a lot of dancing on that film. So it was. it's also mm-hmm. like talking to the dancers. How long is this chorus going to last? Can we stretch this? Can we change this? It's very like trying to figure out how to make everything work. But the cool thing about musicals is that it's about the music. So... Mm-hmm. I, (laughs) we were like, well, this doesn't work for music. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's, we have to change everything else so the music works. It's like, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So you had recorded everything before production because once they're on set, they have to dance to the music that you've recorded or lip sync to the music that you've recorded, right?
1: Yeah. Some of the songs on stage, for example, for things like La La Land or Beauty and actually, and Beauty and the Beast also, they were, they were, most of it was recorded live. Oh, okay. Um, like on set of the vocals, And, and not, not all of it. Cause it's when you're shooting, you know, and you do a scene for like 20 times on a full day with, you know, and the full makeup yeah. and you have to look amazing for the actors. It's extremely difficult. Cause there's so much pressure. I, I don't think people are aware of like how much pressure like actors have when they're, when there's like a huge production and suddenly it's all like looking at them and they have to be like perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then singing uh, on top of it.
1: Really. Yeah, and then singing. And, you know, it's like, mm. so uh, uh, some of it, it's like overdubs later, but but a lot of it is on live. We tried that on Los Usurpadora, but, but honestly, the takes they did before were so good. And at the end of the day, you know, yeah, every single time we would go back to the original recordings and it's like, no, this just, it just feels like I believe the, the storyline, for example. I mean, it's very different also because you need to be working on a film. You have to be really organized the chaotic part was when we were doing the music that's
0: yeah
1: that's like we'll try a lot of things there's you're a little bit more contained because it's like we need to record this by today because the choreography has to be done also and they need to learn the choreography so it's like there's like there's more dates and there's there's a lot of people freaking out
0: (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine
1: (laughs) You have to do a lot of like, no, no, this is okay, everything's gonna be okay. Uh, I had to learn a lot about departments. I had no idea that existed, or or that in music they mean a different thing. For example, they were calling me, hey, so like the publishers wants to talk to you, and I'm like, why? Like I don't. And and for them it was like publishers meant like the marketing team. They wanted to oh, talk to you about okay. the things the music. But but it, but it's funny because you know, everyone's trying to do their job, but it's like, you know, it was more like, oh, wait, are you telling me how to do my thing? Or am I like telling you what I I did and you kind of just live by it? You know, it's, it's, that to me, I think was like a little bit uh, of a challenge trying to figure out how you would go by things. And I, to me, I, I honestly learned that I just go by my gut and I'll gotcha. stop going by my gut until somebody tells me to stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how did that work out? That worked out pretty well.
1: It worked out great. Um, we were, we, you know, on, on movies, every, again, with the dates and everything, every, everyone's like kind of like, ah, but, but I felt like on the music side of things, we all had our stuff together and we were like very diligent on delivering things on dates and, and not missing any single deadline, you know, so right. it was... It was chaos, but it was organized chaos in that. Organized in that chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now that's different than a voiceover coordinator or that you were for some of these uh, television shows, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I was an engineer, not the. Well, you I were guess the engineer also, for that one. So, okay. so I guess I guess you're kind of right, but but my, the title is recording engineer or voice.
0: Okay, so voice. that you were the one that was like pressing record and having them take the takes over again or having them try things like that right
1: so uh when you're recording dialogue it could be and for anyone that doesn't know uh, when you're working in a film or a TV series uh, or or animations like with animations you're recording the dialogue for the movie so you know you go to the booth and that's uh there's the voice actor then there's the uh, the engineer who so that would be me and then there's the director and sometimes part of the team of the film or or the tv show or the animation so the director is kind of like the producer of the of the session um okay it, it's interesting um it's that one's that one's very organized like that one i actually think that that really helped me to embrace the chaos because that one's working in vo really made me be extremely organized with things and, and follow deadlines because that one's not like oh sorry we didn't write the song because we were filling it it's like hey like this is coming out tomorrow. We need to like deliver the 200 lines today. There's no like, no can do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so that one, that one's very like, you really follow um, a guideline in that sense. Um, it's very, okay, this is what we're doing and this is what we need to do to accomplish it. And we'll do it and we'll go like, we'll follow the guidelines and we'll try to make it done as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also helps on a on a weird, well, not weird, but a, a interesting fact for me is that um, VO really helped me to be better at my chops at Pro Tools and like the computer because you move really fast, so you have to like be super quick.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that really actually was a game changer for me because I got really fast, and then like it really seems like I'm playing a video game when I'm like making music because it's it's all kind of goes like you know it's like it's it's really fast and it's really I I think it's kind of interesting that they're all like tied together.
0: Yeah, they are. Um, They all seem very different, but it seems like you've learned something very valuable from each of these different types of recording avenues. So you got really, really fast at Pro Tools with the voiceover work, and then you learn to trust your gut in the film industry. And then when doing music, you embrace the chaos and it kind of all comes together.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah, and you know you 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 have to try you you have to try to have fun while, while doing this. It's just like, oh my god, like sound sounds exciting, okay, you know
0: <laughs> Sound is exciting, I think it's I think it's really, really great. growing up I didn't I played the piano, and so um I was much more classically inclined so I didn't pay attention much to the sound engineering part of these albums I was listening to or things I heard on the radio but as I've gotten older I've come to really really appreciate the sound engineering and the um and the recording and the mixing that goes into these albums I think it's it takes so much talent and so much hard work so I think it's just great that you've been able to do that with your life
1: Yeah no I I actually I was talking with this with a friend a, a few months ago but but we were talking about like what we were listening to when when we were really young and it's funny like i I, and i don't know why but i really really liked well recorded things when i was really young like i was Mm -hmm. like there was there were bands that everyone loved we were talking about bands that were from the 60s or 70s or 80s Uh or or 90s um so you know some of it it wasn't the technology didn't exist that you can record like anywhere and it'll sound great Mm -hmm. so there were a bunch of things like like for example that band from Argentina that I just didn't like because I really didn't like the the drum sound they had because I thought it sucked compared to like what they were doing in in England or in or in the US because they have like these amazing studios and these amazing facilities you know yeah um, and and it was funny or interesting because we we just even when I was really young and had no no I mean I wasn't thinking about about that it was just like oh no this is cool like I like this um You know, like the big sound of like things like Bon Jovi, like it was like (gasps) like it sounds like you're like the snare is like this like cannon or like this explosion. It's like oh, that's that's really really cool.
0: Yeah. So you always knew it was important. You could (laughs) well. I
1: I didn't. I didn't know. To me, it was just something that's it was kind of you know subconsciously, the back of my mind. Uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. Now you've worked on so many projects in your bio. I only listed. Just a fraction of the amazing musicians that you've worked with. Um, what was a very difficult project that you think you've learned the most from? What, what's something that gave you a, a big challenge that you had to overcome?
1: Big challenge. Um, uh-huh. So one of the big ones I would say was that, and this is not one project, but it was during during the, the pandemic. You know, everything had to be done remotely. Right. Right. Like I'm a geek, right? I, uh, you know, when I was in college, I would like go to sleep and I would, I was, re- I literally, I would read Pro Tools manual to, like, it, it's like <laughs> really, it's really geeky, like it's terrible. I've read
0: that. That's that's very dry. That's very dry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh yes, and you can do this command. Like I'll like, you know, it's it's silly. oh uh, but I can't believe I'm saying it. But
0: hats off to you. That's pretty impressive.
1: <laughs> but anywho, um, so it's like. Not everyone is like that. Actually, no one is like that. <laughs> there should be like that. <laughs> but so, so suddenly like trying to explain a voice actor how to, okay, like uh, I send you a computer with an interface, a mic, a cable, a stand. Like there's all like these very little things that for me are extremely obvious. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying to explain somebody else how to do it and like, be very understanding that a lot of people might be might get really frustrated and it's like okay like take a deep breath we can get through this this is gonna take a second Uh, or explain them how to use zoom or like how to like logging into you know it's like oh i don't know my password it's like okay well um you know trying to be like really patient with with people that are not tech savvy yeah. um
0: oh so you would send them all the equipment they needed so you'd send them a computer and the interface which is the thing that gets the microphone into the computer and then the microphone you send them all of that and then they would have to set it up themselves yeah wow
1: okay <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then trying to make music or record dialogue it, <laughs> over
0: zoom too right <laughs> over zoom
1: yeah um, yeah. Well actually we uh an album that got nominated for a for a Grammy, the Boy Named If by Elvis Costello. Um we did it we did all that uh remotely. So, really yeah. That was very interesting because it was people in their sixties that I think some of them didn't have a laptop even, you know? So it was like trying to get the band to like set up the equipment. Um
0: oh the whole band.
1: Whole band, yeah. Some of them had it already, but but try for the whole band to like, okay, like what do you need? Okay, well, I'll send you this. Things like um, if you use Pro Tools, uh, there's a thing called an iLog, which is like a small USB that's like what secures you, all your licenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person of the band was like, It's so small. Like, I don't, I thought it was garbage. Like, Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, like, no,
0: you need that or else we can't. Oh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, no. no. Uh, can you go into the garbage can and like <laughs> really find the thing because? Uh. Oh know. no! <laughs> like things like that. Oh no! So it's, so it's,
0: that's interesting. So how did you do that? Did you have a backing track? I mean, you can't record all of them at the same time. Did you just do each musician at a time yeah, and then well, mix well, them later? Well,
1: the uh, the the one of the magics of there and I'll mention him again. But the producer was Sebastian Chris, who's who produced the the boy Named F. So so what he or what we were trying to accomplish with that is that so for example Elvis, who's efficient with technology, like he like like got he was it. Amazing, like, yeah. He he had never used Pro Tools in like and in like two days he was sending tracks. It was really cool. It was it was like I really felt like I was watching like kids from high school like making music together it's like it was really like because also this is the first time that they do that because they always record together so this is like the first mm-hmm. time where they're like no actually actually like re record this but like because at when you go to a studio it's like what you record there it's like you commit like you you that's the take so we'd hear that we had we didn't know even know how long the pandemic was going to last right so it was like you know, like six months happen, and then it's like, you know what, I'm gonna re record those drums, I can get a better sound. So it's like, oh, okay. So, um, for that specific album, that really like gave them like time to like develop the songs,
0: yeah. Um, so, oh, it, was,
1: that's... it was, yeah, that, w- that was an interesting challenge, um, um, techn- technologically and also musically, uh, not m- not so much musically for me because, cause with that, I wasn't involved in the production of the, the album, I was just the uh, the engineer, but you know it was just very different um, also trying to make them commit to like you know there are people that they're used to playing live all their life and suddenly it's like no, no you're you're on your own so sometimes which actually I thought it was really cute sometimes we'll all get on zoom just to like see people record so so it kind of felt like we were all in the same room so it was that was that was really nice that you know especially since we were like in lockdown we it was yeah. like, you know, that was really yeah a cool. little bit
0: of connection there. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it was like a really creative and amazing experience to create that album.
1: Yeah, and it it really sounds like they're like sixteen year old kids playing together. Also, that's the funny part. The album really sounds like they were playing together, which it's we were all like yeah, very surprised. Yeah.
0: Well, yes, because they're all in different rooms, different houses, different. Yeah, that's incredible. You're yeah. able to make them sound like they were all together.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was an interesting, challenging project. <laughs>
0: so, what projects are you working on now? Do you have anything coming out soon, or any projects coming up you're excited about?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about a bunch of things. Um, I am working with this Mexican rapper called Sabino. It's a, an interesting album, and it's and I'm very connected to it. But but uh, it's a breakup album, so it's like kind of it's a seven song because it's seven days but it's like every day kind of represents a different um feeling of how of of how you feel when you when you break up with somebody so you know sometimes oh. it's like oh i miss this person like what is life and the other one's like no 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 i'm better than this like oh my god like i am so much better than i deserve so much more you know so it's, it's really like a <laughs> roller coaster of things um uh, so we're doing that um also working on on a, a new material for Whiplash and value which i'm always very excited about um mm-hmm. then there's uh there's this artist that i've been working with a lot called noel shahris from argentina um and we've uh we just did an album that got released like a month ago but but with him he's very like it's very cool because we connect in a way that's we're both very like, literally, like we were at a rehearsal for the release party of the of the album. And I'm not a pianist, but I was just like, I just played a chord and he's like, oh, that. Okay. And then suddenly like he started like making a progression. It's like, well, if we had to, and like, this is like, it was at, at the end of a rehearsal. Right. So it was like, we, we didn't have to stay there or anything, but suddenly we stayed like there for like 15 minutes more and kind of develop a song and it's like, okay, he's part of a, a duo who's like, it's one of the biggest acts in Latin America and the pop world called Sin Bandera. So with him, it's like, he's on tour, I think he's in Colombia right now on tour and he's he also likes to be in person so it's like maybe like we'll meet in like a month and a half and like maybe bring some ideas or maybe no 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 don't bring anything and we'll just like meet and like whatever (laughs) whatever happens happens (laughs) so so that one that one always gets me excited yeah it's the full-on
0: embrace the chaos right there yeah
1: so that's, that's what's been happening. Uh, I've been working with this composer called Juan Carlos Enriquez. And that's the, that one's interesting because I never know what we're working on. I have no idea what what for what things are for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just hear the music and it's like, okay, I think this is like a fight, right? So, <laughs> so I'll try to convey the emotion of a fight, I think, hopefully. Or that's... <laughs> It's all NDAs and things. So I, I never, I'm so out of the loop, but also I try right. to keep the emotion mm-hmm. or what I think should be the emotion for whatever project I'm working on. Oh, so
0: you just have, he can't give you any background. I know with the non disclosure, he can't talk too much, nothing. but he can't say, like, they are fighting here. He can't give you anything.
1: Nothing, nothing. It's like, <laughs> he's like, do your best. It's like, <laughs> like just give me a hint. <laughs> yeah i know that i mean it's, it's fun i actually really like that challenge because actually that that one's a very challenging one not knowing what things are for or, or what mm-hmm. the emotion is um, yeah. also because when you put an image to to a sound the sound it really changes like it really like mm-hmm. there's a lot of music that a lot of people wouldn't like unless they see it with an image because it, right. it really helps translate the emotion mm. which you know, it's the whole thing with, you know, things like Stranger Things where there's suddenly songs reappearing that, you know, I see kids in their 18s listening to Kate Bush, like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, yeah. Cause, you know, the thing it's like, oh, okay. Because wow. it has
0: that emotion from the show. That all of a yeah. sudden gives it a new meaning, and now they love it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh my goodness, Vago, I have loved your stories. You are so you are so much fun. I can see why all of these musicians love working with you. Um, <laughs> as we finish up, do you have any advice for musicians or aspiring musicians? Um, maybe if they want to work with an engineer, or maybe a uh, some advice for people who want to become a producer or a mixer or an engineer.
1: Yeah. Right. I I think one of the most important things about, I'm just going to stick with saying it for music is that rather than technicalities or being a great musician, I really think that, or not a great musician, but like a a virtuoso musician, what really, really matters is it's having an opinion. Your musical taste is, it's really like what makes you interesting, if that makes sense, or what makes you valuable, like really having your opinion. A uh, quick example is somebody sent me a song actually two days ago. And I was like, this is an amazing song, song, but I really don't like the drums. Like I detest them. I don't know if that's a word in English, but I don't like sure the drums. Is,
0: yeah. that's, what, that's,
1: <laughs> that's what I, I meant. And, um, and the artist was like, wow, I'm so happy you said that because I really don't like the drums either. And I didn't know that that was it, that I, that's why I didn't like the song. And it's like, right, let's take them out you know so things like that 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 maybe people are afraid to say like embracing embracing the the chaos or embracing like who you are it, it's really like what sets you apart but i don't think it only applies to music i think it applies to you know anything in life but you know mm. i might be wrong but at least for for me and, and me making music it it's like essential to to be a producer or be a an engineer like, anyone can record vocals, anyone can play guitar, anyone can make beats, but, but like, really having your opinion is what people are like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know you could do that, or, oh, I didn't see this thing in in this way, or shape or form. Like, like the thing I said about the kick drum, like, I, I actually have never done that, but it sounds really cool, and now I'm going to do it, I'm going to make a kick drum <laughs> into a melody.
0: <laughs> okay, I want to hear that when you do that please send it
1: over <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, but things like that you know it's like it's just it's just trusting your gut and, and yeah. following your your you know what, what you feel and, and think, I think it's, it's, it's really important
0: yeah very wise so, Vago Galindo <laughs> thank you so much for being here it has been an absolute joy talking with you and hearing all of your wonderful stories and learning from you so thank you so much for your time
1: oh no my pleasure anytime.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians vs. the World podcast in our conversation with Grammy and Latin Grammy award-winning music mixer, engineer, and producer, Vago Galindo. Unfortunately, due to copyright reasons, we couldn't share any of his music with you in this episode, but I have links to the albums and films we discussed today in our show notes, so please go and listen to his great work and support the artists that he's collaborated with. Links can also be found on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment, in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. It is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. You can also find the video version of this interview on our Musicians vs. the World YouTube channel. If you have any questions for us, topics you'd like to hear about, or any helpful advice for other musicians that you'd like to share, be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or Facebook, or send us an email at info at Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.